Welcome to Back of the Rack, a gaming video cast about games long neglected and not respected, games that everyone's heard of or hated, or no one's heard of and loved. We play the games in between the essentials and the awana, but mostly, we play what we want on this podcast. Thank you for listening on podcast platforms or watching on YouTube, which we consider to be the optimal way to experience our content. Join our Discord where you can talk with us and others about Back of the Rack games. Make sure to like and comment on our videos and leave good reviews for podcast feeds because your feedback and engagement is the fuel that keeps us going. We hope everyone watching and listening is doing great and we thank you for joining us today on another episode. Starting off, we will introduce this month's game with a scripted segment giving you all the details. Then we'll go into our unscripted thoughts about the game shortly after. I'm Bendez and with me as always is Sandy. So without further ado, please enjoy. Released in 2006 for the PlayStation 2, Dirt to Cerberus is an action role-playing third-person shooter developed and published by Square Enix, with Monolith Soft credited as co-developer. The game was part of the compilation of Final Fantasy VII meta-series, a transmedia initiative by Square Enix to expand the characters and world from Final Fantasy VII. Producer Yoshinari Katase was inspired to make a Final Fantasy shooter from his love of the FPS genre. While Barrett was in the running to lead the title, the dev team ultimately chose Vincent Valentine over other characters, with Yoshinari saying that Vincent made a presence in his mind. Set three years after the 1997 PS1 classic, and one year after the CGI film Advent Children, gamers play as Vincent, who was called upon by his old ally and now leader of the WRO, Reeve Tuetsi, asking Vince to visit the town of Calm for a celebration. While there, the town is sieged by soldiers killing and capturing civilians, prompting Vincent to take action. This event introduces a mysterious organization named Deep Ground led by the Sviets, an elite group of soldiers, setting up a mystery that takes Vincent to the city of Edge where he confronts one of the members of the Sviets, the sadistic Rosso the Crimson. While in battle with her, Vincent transforms into chaos, Vincent's limit break from Final Fantasy VII, forcing Rosso to retreat, after which Vincent collapses of exhaustion. When he awakes, he meets Shalua, a WRO scientist, and finds he has been taken to their headquarters. Soon after, Vince discovers more about a former Shinra scientist, Lucrezia, that he was assigned to protect during his time with the Turks, unraveling her involvement in the Chaos Project. From here, the story builds on lightly established elements from Final Fantasy VII, giving more narrative weight to mechanics like Vincent's limit break and its background, as well as fleshing out Lucrezia's guilt over her research with Professor Hojo. After a surprise attack on the WRO headquarters by Deep Ground, Vincent battles Azul the Cerulean and Shelk the Transparent, who is revealed to be the sister of Shalua and later in the story switches her allegiances. Vincent is told by Reeves to head to Nibelheim to search for Deep Ground. There he confronts Rosso again, who steals the proto-materia from within him, revealing that he needs it to control chaos. Vincent, now struggling with the possibility of chaos, his limit break, overtaking him, is almost killed by Rosso, but is saved by Yuffie, bringing her trademark levity to the story. Multiple characters from Final Fantasy VII are introduced throughout, with Cloud, Tifa, and Barrett making a brief and welcome appearance. Their inclusion is minor and still gives Vincent the proper space for his story to come into its own, as well as develop other characters. The plot juggles several narrative threads that wrap up in a fashion one would expect from the Final Fantasy series, with series producer Yoshinari Katase wanting to retain longtime fans with a deep and rich story, while newer fans would be brought in by more real-time active gameplay. While fans of the series appreciated the attempt to add more layers to Vincent's backstory and the world after the events of Final Fantasy VII, many felt that it was lacking as an overall package. One of the bigger criticisms towards the game was its combat. 
Players are tasked with shooting enemies using one of several upgradable weapons, like Vincent's trademark triple-barreled revolver Cerberus, a rifle named Hydra, and, to follow the mythological naming convention, a machine gun named Griffin. Each weapon has multiple slots that the player can customize. The barrel slot can be outfitted with different barrels that change several parameters, like weight, attack power, speed, and range. Each barrel has a cost-benefit model. For instance, adding a long barrel to a weapon will give Vincent higher long-range accuracy, but will also reduce Vincent's movement speed. The remaining slots are where you can add a scope and accessories that can add a variety of abilities through the use of materia. Dirge of Cerberus can get quite extensive with its weapon stats and charts, however, the use of those modules is not necessary for a normal playthrough. Shooting isn't the only means by which Vincent can dispatch enemies. There is a melee button giving players access to a 3-hit combo in the rare instance players might be out of ammunition. Furthermore, Vincent can use a limit break via an item to turn into the Galleon Beast, which enhances the melee combat potential, increases attack power, and recovers all health, giving players a trump card when backed into a corner. While players will spend the majority of their time with Vincent, a stealth mission featuring a playable Kate Sith is present, breaking up the non-stop action of the first act before leading into the second. Dirge of Cerberus has a staff of heavy hitters in its development team. Yoshinari Katase, as producer for Dirge, has director credits on classic titles as Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VIII, and Final Fantasy X. He co-produced Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts II. Legendary character designer Tetsuya Nomura lends his talents to Dirge of Cerberus and has many credits in different roles for different projects. Having designed the iconic characters of Final Fantasy VII and the Kingdom Hearts series, longtime Square Enix composer Masashi Hamazu is credited for the music of Dirge of Cerberus. Hamazu has composed music for 2023's Wild Hearts, Final Fantasy XIII, Final Fantasy X, and 2005's Musashi Samurai Legend. The director of Dirge of Cerberus previously directed 1994's Dragon Ball Z II Super Battle for arcade and its predecessor 1993's Dragon Ball Z. He was a planner on Final Fantasy and a project manager on Final Fantasy XV, and has contributed to other games like Front Mission and Forspoken in various capacities. Final Fantasy VII Dirge of Cerberus is a title with great ambition and one that saw Square Enix move out of its comfort zone in dramatic fashion. Whether or not leadership did the proper research to put Dirge's best foot forward was left to the fans and the critics to decide in 2006. Players felt conflicted on Vincent's first solo outing, with the consensus being that the title had failed to have as refined gameplay as other third-person shooters and wasn't able to recapture much of the magic that made Final Fantasy VII the cultural phenomenon of the series. Some praised the gameplay as engaging but overstated its welcome and others praised the narrative direction citing great use of the Final Fantasy VII world with fragments of interesting ideas that were brought down by generic ones. Dirge of Cerberus might have divided fans in 2006, but it managed to leave an impression on many of the youth of the time and has nearly reached a cult status, leaving no doubt that this PS2 title with its few diehard fans and many detractors, is fit for Back of the Rack. So yeah, let's talk about when we first heard about Dirge of Cerberus, or when we first experienced it in the real world. I This is a very important game to me personally, uh, a lot like Musashi. But I'm curious to see what your like exposure to it was. Oh no. Or if you is, have any exposure. I was actually gonna agree with you on this one. This is a very special game to me. 
this was one of the games that made me interested in Final Fantasy as a kid, but I never dabbled until recently. But it's I rented it. I think I rented Final Fantasy twelve, got to the sewer part, gave up, took it back, got Dirge of Sybaris, couldn't beat the first level, took it back. <laughs> but I, I played this game as a kid and I I've always thought it was like the coolest looking thing. Vincent's design has always been struck out for me. Uh, how old were you? When you played it, do you think nine, ten? Because that's how old I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So very. Two thousand seven. Yeah. So I was. So like very formative because I yeah I was yeah nine ten. I was four. I was going into high school. So I was fourteen, fifteen, around there. So like everything was like anything like like that was super Absorbed. cool to me. So you had a golf like, phase. <laughs> had a little emo Pretty much. phase. <laughs> It was it was more of because it's super anime like it's That's like uh, you know like there's it's although it's super you know goth or emo especially Vincent it was very like much like a he had like the Sasuke personality like just the cool anime character he's um, voice by Steve Blum like you hear her yeah. you immediately yeah. you're like oh snap yeah it's a tsunami yeah. guy. I don't know why for me it's oh that's the first thing I think of when I hear Steve Blum's voices. Oh, Toonami. For me, it's Wolverine for sure. Like that's those funny. Two. Neither of us say Cowboy Bebop. That's so funny. <laughs> oh right, that's right. Well, I didn't watch Cowboy Bebop. I wasn't. I didn't really grow up with or watch. watch me it. That's actually that's actually my like anime blind spot as far as like classics go. And I ha- I own or at least owns like the Blu-ray collection. I've just, I got I've the never full bothered. box set. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those shows where I'm like, mm. I'm good off that. I feel like I've tried to get into it, and every time I'm just like, I fall off. I'm just like, nah, I'm all right. I feel you. But, it's a lot of shows that are seasonal shows. You got to watch them week by week. You can't binge it. If you binge no. it, it, it kind of ruins the luster of what made the show special. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was in high school when I first uh, played this game, picked it up used of course i wasn't buying any brand new shit um but there was a time and i've mentioned this like for our final fantasy 12 episode where there was just certain games where i felt like i just i like i couldn't believe how good it looked you know like as a kid and i'd be playing the game and i was i was very just enamored with the production value of it Yes, you know, and how and how cinematic it was, like the cutscenes, the like the CG cutscenes, but also even the in-game ones and all this. I was like, this is a game I have to keep. It's like an expensive game, but I got it for like I don't know, maybe twenty bucks at the time or something. So it was one of those games where just like I'm in love with this presentation style. You could throw this game in there with other games like Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts Two, where I was. Just that like, was the first thing I this... was going to say as well. Too Kingdom Hearts Two has that production value of always been. That's, it's always made me go back to it. Like wow, yeah. I can't skip a single cutscene in that game. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like you know it's like the production on it is through the roof. Like money is on the screen, you know. And yeah, as a kid, I recognized that, and I knew that I had something special. Especially when you know, looking at the box, you could see that you know <laughs> there was like Square Enix. On the like your box is your is your case glittery? Yeah, like is it like foil or whatever? Like a trans? Yeah, because my case is glittery as fuck. Oh wait, glittery? Yeah, like the actual like box art. Like, is it like? Does it glittery? 
You don't mean like reflective and sort of like shiny, right? That's yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I mean. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because like glittery would be something. Yeah. No, it's it's like it looks like it's, it's a paper. special edition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just growing up seeing those types of games from Square Enix, they were just just special you know it was something that i knew that I, that was like a part of a larger franchise because at that point when i was 13 14 i wasn't i i hadn't been into final fantasy i hadn't watched any of the like i didn't watch or i think i had watched it maybe after this game can't remember maybe maybe a little bit before so i knew a little bit about what was going on but not really because advent children doesn't really explain shit to you yes um, that's true and uh but you know there was I was just in that phase. Like, Dissidia was kind of around that same time, too. So, like, PSP titles and stuff. So, very familiar with Final Fantasy. And I was like, this is something that I need to get into. So, <laughs> I don't want to say that this was, like, my first Final Fantasy game. Because maybe it was. I don't fucking know, actually. But <laughs> it was, I was like, this is so this is so dope. Like, just playing it. And yeah. I played it back-to-back, I want to say, within maybe that maybe that summer with Musashi. So, like, these two games... These, these, uh, these are the games that made me a JRPG channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a fake JRPG channel. Yeah, like, this, these are the two games that really formed my taste, you know, in, in a lot of things. Uh, Ironic that both of these are not turn-based. I know, right? It's really <laughs> weird. No cool. But they have a lot of, you know, kind of, like, RPG mechanics, I guess you could say. And I actually don't know where my love of turn-based... Uh, stuff came from but i remember it very young there was a lot of a lot of like game boy games and stuff that were turn-based and i always thought it was like really cool but anyways so yeah that's sort of where i came in came into it and i remember actually unlike musashi samurai legend i beat this game like i went through the whole thing i couldn't remember the last story beats and maybe like the last section but i remember beating this game so it was like a huge nostalgic trip playing this game. And also it was hard to be as critical and analytical with this game as we are with other games, because this game is part of my gaming DNA. Like if, if you were to cut me open, this one of the, this, this co- is... a copy would c- come out as well as like shadow of the Colossus and some other things like it's, it's, it's your normal heroes, heroes or yeah. Can, yeah. You can understand the flaws. You can, you can understand the nuance, but then you, you kind of throw a blind eye to it, like, but yes, but it, yeah, but it's still good, bro. Yeah, yeah and that's why. I, that's what I was saying to you. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear what he says because you are obviously coming into it years before this type of, or before after, but um, also years before that kind of game was like even. I mean, Final Fantasy doesn't do shooters. <laughs> like, hasn't haven't gone back. That's why I'm this, so excited. This is a spinoff. <laughs> Like how it, cool would it have been if like they they had done I know I know we've been talking about Final Fantasy 16 in the past couple episodes but like the Final Fantasy 16 should have been something like this I feel like bro like a if spin-off. they made Final Fantasy 16 into a shooter <laughs> <laughs> No 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 I just mean like how spin off how you know how uh what is it Strangers of Paradise Yes yes So so I I feel like and you made this point in in uh I think maybe a couple podcasts ago, but yeah, it should have been like its own spin. Like, like Dirge's of service isn't part of the main final fantasy, like timeline or, um, 
like it's not Final Fantasy eight or something. Right? It's a spinoff yeah. of seven. So I feel like just like Strangers of Paradise, they could have done Final Fantasy sixteen and like done like a whole what do you call it? Just like a spinoff and named it like Final Fantasy sixteen dirge of I can't remember anything that happened. In that yeah, movie. but you, I don't you know, know what I mean. Iconic or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Iconic battles, adventures, <laughs> <laughs> or some shit. Yeah, because it feels so different, right? It's like uh, right. it's not turn based. It's not a classic Final Fantasy game. It's more off the beaten path. But anyways, let's get into our three pillared thought table where we go over presentation, story, and gameplay. So I wanna, I want you to go first. I want you to go first on everything. I want you to spill your guts out you on presentation. Guts. And then first, I will go after you. You know, I got to keep the tradition. I can't switch it up. I switched it up last time with the gameplay. And I was going to switch it up and be like, let's start with gameplay for a bit. No, actually. No? Okay. <laughs> let's, okay. let's get to the presentation because they're, this game is beautiful. For a PlayStation 2 game, this game is gorgeous. There, I think the part that stuck out to me the most was in the very beginning, after watching the initial rising action that happened, or well, inciting incident, I'm sorry, wrong term, that starts the entire plot. And Vincent's on the roof and he turns around and then the game cuts from cutscene to game <laughs> for a PlayStation 2 game. That is cool as shit. Like they do that now. They didn't do yeah. that during PlayStation yeah. 2 days. And I thought I was like, OK, we're, we're, we're cooking with something special here. The tutorial that set the tone immediately. Everything about this game just oozes style. And I think that's what makes Final Fantasy, specifically Final Fantasy 7 so alluring even as like somebody that hasn't played all of final fantasy 7 i feel like i know vincent i feel like i know yuffie and the gang and seeing everybody and just the cgi cutscenes i play like after every level they're amazing could give a fuck about the story but <laughs> right but just yeah. how everything looks how the way your gun transforms and looks with every customization that you make when you put the long barrel in the revolver and it becomes this long ass shit mm -hmm. it's it's so good especially with vincent's red ass cape just peeking through everything at all times no matter where you are it's i love it i just had a smile on my face the whole time i couldn't help it it was such a fun game <laughs> and it just looked yeah, good you're you're playing on an lcd screen right on that screen in back of you there yeah, You're playing, playing on, on this, this screen. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's time playing this on a CRT, like it looks so clean and sharp. Like I just and I, I've seen some like YouTube videos of other people playing it, you know, and it's obviously on a 4K screen or whatever. And I'm just like, oh my god, this does not do the it game do justice on how sharp and just obviously it's I mean it's four eighty P, but just the CRT really amplifies a lot of the look and um I did, yeah, but it's not the same. But yeah. there is a emulator I have that has a CRT filter, and it even oh, no. does the warping of the like screen to like mimic a CRT. And I was doing that when I was playing through the Busta Groove series, and it does still look good even with that filter. Yeah. But I mean, it's also on a 4K monitor, so it kind of it's still like, eh, but yeah, yeah, I can I can you see the appeal of a CRT with that with this kind of game. As an aside, do you ever put CRT filters on like, well, okay, so like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge game has like a every CRT game. filter. Yeah. So every game that has a CRT it? filter or scan lines, I go, cool, I'll put it on. Fighting Rage, <laughs> I'll put it on there. Right, Sonic yeah. Mania, I was like, yep, got to put it on yeah. there. So just to piggyback off what you're saying, I feel like 
Vince's style is like it just leaps off the screen, and I feel like this is a real like a big strength of Tetsuya Nomura, where he just knows how to design video game characters. You know, yes. I mean, you think about Musashi. Um, that's a striking design. Like that's a yeah, it's so striking. You think about even Sora, like they're they're like they leap off of your screen the way they move it's visually interesting he knows how to design these characters with flowing elements uh like the animation i don't know if he's there when they're like animating like how should this move how should this character move i don't know if i'm sure he's in those meetings when they try to you know make those decisions but it's it's timeless like some of the characters he creates what's funny is that i think cloud is almost his weakest in terms of how he looks on screen like because he doesn't really, he's just wearing like a uniform, so there's not really much to him, right? Yeah, and everybody but, else has their Advent children look, and they look like even now, twenty years later, when we're getting a new the Final Fantasy VII remake, they like Yuffie's design is the exact same design, but just right. transplanted into the game. Even I think even the final villain is a boss in Final Fantasy VII remake. It's like a hidden boss. Is yeah. Wait, uh-huh. the, the final villain in. And Dirge Cerberus. Yeah. He's a boss. He's like a hidden boss in the DLC. What? Oh, oh the DLC? Oh, oh shit. yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my fault. I didn't know you were my fault. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just fucking cut it. <laughs> Let's just... And yeah, uh, and it's damn, the exact cool. same design. And it's it's one-to-one and it looks good. So yeah. I, I, this is a true show of the test of time that he has with his character designs. Oh yeah, he very very talented. I think he gets a lot of hate for his his um his writing duties on games like Kingdom Heart, but his character designs for sure are very intriguing and very inspired too. What did you think of the UI? So we'll talk about like the maybe the results screen, the uh, customization screen, uh, just the UI in general. It's peak. Speak goat raw. It's you know, there's certain UIs and certain games to where as soon as you press start or the first time it pops up and goes now saving or like choose your difficulty, you just immediately know, like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna like this UI. And it's it's very Kingdom Hearts esque in its UI to where you just even the sounds of it just moving down the frame it. It's good. If it's responsive, it's not too overblown. There's not too much design. It's simple gradient here. Here's the shit. Everything else yeah. is cool. I like the result screen though. The result screen with the weird things on the sides, like that. Are, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what they were for a like. season. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because I was thinking, I'm like, well, I've been thinking about how you've been wanting to redesign Sunny Selects. And so I was thinking of that. I was like, that, that that's a cool look. I wonder if it we can is. emulate that in some I, way. But It's going to take a minute, um, but we can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like there's, or even obviously the look for, for Bendas Ponders, I think about like what I want that to look like. But no, it's, yes, yeah, like the UI elements are very stylistic and very Square Enix. As you're saying, like you can almost see a little bit of Kingdom Hearts. You can see a little bit of Final Fantasies, just legacy in there like the text and stuff very simple not overblown snappy the the customization screen is funny because the gun is like it's on on the upper right hand side on the left hand side and obviously we'll show this 
you have all like your elements of the gun, so the barrel, like the stock, the, the materia, whatever. And at the bottom, you have a couple graphs and stuff, which all this information is like super nerdy. I don't about, know, you know what the fuck. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what this like fucking, you know. But when you spin the gun, it like clashes, like it's like too big almost for the. Oh yeah, and it like in. cuts out shit. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, it looks a little rough, but what are you gonna do? But I mean, other than that, it's it's a fantastic looking UI, readable, super simple, and when you're in game too, like. It shows you which gun, you know, like which gun you need at the bottom and all this. It's it's just super readable. Let's talk a, a little bit about the other character designs that we see in the game. So we have a total of it feels like about six, six or seven new newish characters to the Final Fantasy VII. So we'll just talk about the characters that are main in this game and not other Final Fantasy VII characters. So you have the Sviets, right, which are the antagonists of the game. And I feel like they look like they're ripped straight from the Tron level in Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> Did you get that feeling? I was like, wait a second. What the fuck? Like, why do they look like this? When you said it, when we were, like, playing the game in the Discord, when you said it, I thought about it. I was like. Yeah, if she did pop up in Kingdom Hearts, because even the way that the cutscenes are, are very Kingdom Hearts-esque and the design. And I was thinking about it like, yeah, if she popped up in Kingdom Hearts in the Tron world, I probably wouldn't have batted an eye and been like, oh, yeah, that's just she's from one of them Final Fantasies. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, I don't. This is... Same with the big guy. I forgot his name, but he could definitely be part of Organization 13. The um the big guy from this yet so there's there's a Rosso or Rosso, um there's hold on you know what hold on I there's Nero right here that's the deaf guy then there yeah I think it is Rosso because then that's the girl or is Rosso the yeah. girl no yeah Rosso's the girl Azul and Shelk those are like the three yeah oh and then obviously the wait is it Nero yeah I think it's Nero. Someone's just yelling at the screen right now. It's like, not Nero. It's not Nero. These niggas ain't no. <laughs> but um, yeah, I like the designs. I mean, they like I'm saying, they kind of look like they were straight out of a fucking it's Tron Kingdom Hearts level. But other than that, they're cool as shit. Um, even though when yeah. they transform, even when they fight, like Shulk's little lightsaber sticks. I was oh, like, that's yeah. so fucking cool. Why are they how plugged practi- in? <laughs> how practical is that, though? For I'm the, saying. For, for the size of them on the back of your thigh walking, I'm just like, that just feels like the most uncomfortable, uncomfortable place. Yeah. And then I even to use them and power them up, they got to be, like, connected to a power source. You got to, like. Yeah, which is, yeah. That's very, so yeah, weird. very interesting. But, but very fun. I feel like that's sort of, like, the, that's the kind of imaginative stuff that i like to see right something with that feels inspired even though if it's like even if it's not practical it's it's visually appealing because you're like oh cool like you know you know who else is very visually appealing but it doesn't make any sense is fucking the uh not shelk but shalua her fucking sister the robot arm the robot arm and her her fucking her skirt like it's like cut down the middle like it's fashion week it's like the met gala outfit like first thing she does is pulls up and pulls points a gun at you and she's like never mind i got other things to do and leaves like (laughs) she's just being cool she's just like uh what's his what's the name of the dude from final fantasy 10 aron is that his name 
Yeah, yeah. Auron, yeah. I'm good at this. I play Final <laughs> Fantasy games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Auron. Just, yeah, very, yeah, very similar to him. Not a thing about it. So you get a little bit of uh, Tetsuya Nomura DNA across games. But yeah, she's she looks super cool. Uh, Yuffie has a slightly different design, I think, than she does in her main, in the main game. But I want to say, maybe, maybe not. I feel like she looks a, a little, little bit. Different. Yeah, I think she has like the green top with the tan pants. And in this game, it's like an orange bottoms with like a black or like tealish, like a dark blue shirt or something of the source like that. Yeah. But to be fair, you never really see you ever see Yuffie as a as a joke or you see her <laughs> in the puffy jacket. You never really see her just doing stuff. So Oh, in her like poncho, her like cloak. Or yeah. Whatever. Or Wutai, Wutai Star Cloak or whatever. Yeah. The biggest praise I could probably give the game as well will probably be the skyboxes. This is a weird one. I don't really look at skyboxes in games. I don't think I did. There's a couple spots in Vignettes, like specifically Sid's airship in the cockpit. There's, well, mainly because I didn't know what the fuck to do in that part. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of God rays and just... If you just do a slow pan, just looking out, it it was incredible to look at. It looks almost next gen. It's like pushing like the peak of the PlayStation 2's power, and it just looks so good. Even like the Mako reactor, seeing certain parts. And I've played a little bit of Final Fantasy VII. Like when I first bought a PlayStation 2, I bought Final Fantasy VII on PlayStation. And I did get at least to Dr. Hojo's lab okay. i got to that yeah, particular yeah. point and it's kind of cool to see that in 3d like recreated one-to-one the exact layout in this right. game it's funny because the ps2 graphics feel almost like i mean they're peak ps2 graphics you know i mean like people talk about graphics and they're like oh this ps4 game looks like a ps2 game right or like a ps3 game having the worst like uh i mean you know like there was a ps3 yeah. look for sure, you know, but this was like peak PS2 pushing just the graphical fidelity. I mean, obviously up there with a game like Final Fantasy twelve, and it just was so stylistic. It like wasn't super realistic, but it had this style and this like it operated at its most efficient within the limitations of the uh, PS2 hardware. So it was like the best you could get on that. And there was like yes. a lot of shit looking games on PS2. But, like, that's, like, that this was the is, gold standard. This is peak. You know? Like, when yeah. they, in, in, like, 10, 15 years, when they start making PS2-like indie games with PS2 graphics, this is yeah. the game that I want them to mold <laughs> that after. Keep oh, going yeah. Silent Hill for PS1, and then we're going to do Kingdom Hearts Dirge of Sybaris for PS, Final Fantasy XII for PS2. <laughs> Copy that. Yeah, because it's definitely, definitely a style. And, um... You did mention the environments earlier. There were some really cool environments, I will say. But I think that because of the type of game it was, which is, I mean, this game is a third-person shooter, there is sort of a, they need to allow room for your character to move in. Vince, he needs to be able to move freely in some of these spaces, especially turning and all this. And so I feel like there were a lot of environments that were a little uninspired. Yeah, a little dry, a little uninspired, or they were not very detailed, you know, because I guess you were just going to be moving through them pretty quickly. Like, if you notice, there are only barrels 
that are like that's like the only set dressing a barrel a rock maybe a bush or something yeah after the um, first mission in that like town and plaza and the festival that was going on after that yeah. there's it's just barrels yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's like really nothing else it's kind of interesting but there are some like really stylistic environments too like edge is a really i thought it was like super cool like there's something about the vibe of that place and like you going through some of like the houses and like that bar with that little kid even though like a that town felt so vacant and i was like what's this little kid doing like i don't understand yeah, why like, is I it here? Is, was it weird to you that, like, every stage took place at night? Every Because I remember when I beat the game and I went to the extra missions, those stages take place during the day. And I remember it throwing me off, like, completely. Like, it felt, like, developer roomy. Because well, I wasn't definitely, used to daytime. You're There's definitely one daytime uh, mission, and that's when you're being chased by all those like wolf dog things or whatever nah, that takes place like, at night really yeah that whole level i swear that whole no? level took place at wait night. no what about the okay okay hold up hold up <laughs> what about the mission where you're on like the gun and you're shooting down all these uh big all these like helicarrier type things are coming by and you have to like shoot them down it's a, okay it's called deep ground strikes back that mission is during the like afternoon Yes, mission five. Yes, yes, that yeah. was. Um, yeah, so there was a lot of like cool levels, a lot of bland ones. So it was a little inconsistent, or maybe that like so, like I did like the sewer level. That was cool. Um, being in the sewer as Vince, I do feel like a lot of the levels that you're in highlight how cool Vince looks in them. Like every color palette of each environment Compliments somehow like. Yeah, complimented Everyone. his red so much. Yeah. And it was just like, huh, this like green sewer, this like teal, these teal hallways and this in like the deep ground under base, like it all complimented him. Yeah, this cybernetic bluey military base, everything yeah. peaked on his like coat, especially because you're doing flips, <laughs> the yeah. floaty ass jump. It was it was good stuff. Good stuff what do for you, sure. What do you think of the OST? Yeah, no, the OST is for sure something that elevated it. And I think it's a it's definitely one of the pillars of Final Fantasy VII Dirge of Cerberus. I wanna say its style, its music, and uh, It's gameplay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, now I'm like, maybe that's it, just the style and music. I mean, its gameplay is fine, right? I don't know. It's not, like, the best, but I wouldn't say that's, like, the important <laughs> thing. Like, that's the great thing about it. But that's the best that. thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the music I thought was great. One of my favorite tr tracks ever uh, is on there. It's called Trigger Situation. I'm a fan of Musashi's, like, more dramatic songs. Uh, just because I am a band kid, so I sort of like, you know, orchestral pieces and stuff like that. But I also just love his other more electronic stuff that he does on there. I think the one piece that really stuck out to me was when you're sneaking around as Kate Sith or as... Yeah, make sure you get is. that name right. It is Kate Sith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're right about every... Most songs fit. I think there was a couple that were a bit more generic. And I don't think it's Musashi, uh, I'm sorry, Ma Masashi. I don't think it's his best soundtrack for like a video game. No, like I think, um, agree on that. I think 
I think uh, like on, you know Final Fantasy 13 is good, Saga Frontiers good, but I, I mean it's not a, a bad soundtrack. But I don't know some yeah some did uh, like were a little generic. Um, but I do want to reiterate my favorite being Trigger Situation because like Trigger Situation is the song in the beginning that like, opens up like you know you put on like you put in the PS2 disc and that screen comes up. And it says Square Enix. And then the CG cutscene, that song is Trigger Situation. Oh, okay. And I didn't know which one. Yeah, so that whole song, you know, before that whole cutscene ends, that's Trigger Situation. And, like, it fits that that uh, whole that sequence. That is song. That's an elite song. So, like, so great. And, yeah, that shit's fire. I love that song so much. I do think that the first half is a little... It's really, really dramatic, but it fits, like, what's, you know, what's happening. But I do like, there's a little theme on the second half that I, that I was like, maybe we should sample this, but it's a, it's a little hard. It's not an easy, it's not, it's not catchy. So that's to say. Also, like, you that's can what else we the, have to do. We have to nominate our Boulder beat. We got to get that out the way too. I listened to the soundtrack maybe three times and I... I'm like I don't know what we're, what we're gonna do. There's like four of them where I'm like this is kind of fire. This this is kind of fire. This might be hard to do, but it'd be fun to try and see what we could do with it. Because there's yeah. e- there's ones that are easy, or you know, than other ones. Yeah, there's but some like, simple ones that you can just like I can knock that out real quick. Yeah, I could just loop that, just like that one song uh, that that yeah. that you showed me. I'm like ah, that that's so sample? fucking easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sample the beginning, <laughs> put some eight oh eight over it. top, and then get the rapping. You'd be good. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, that's, I'm like, that's kind of boring though. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was saying. I was listening to it like, oh. I feel like if you had never heard, I don't know, like it, it's definitely a vibe of a song, but like because I know where it's from, and I'm just like, yeah, the original kinda, better. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah, 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 absolutely. It's funny. I only found out that Yeet sampled that song because that was the top comment on the song as I was listening to it and I was like damn this is a really good song just re-listening to the OST and the very first comment yeah. is bro Yeet just sampled this oh my god and I was like Yeet hold on I gotta yeah. hear this cause I know he has like cowbells and shit on his songs so I was like oh my god it's gonna go crazy it's gonna be a lot of bongs but it wasn't it was just pretty chill it was like pre-Yeet Yeet oh okay okay yeah cause it was very I'm like it's pretty by the numbers it was like yeah. let's just take a sample let's let the sample drinking lean or something <laughs> or something yeah we don't know also don't don't be mad but i don't know who ye is so i don't know it's okay it's me. good that you don't know who ye is cool. except cool. that fact cool cool <laughs> awesome feeling real old <laughs> i do want to give a shout out to a specific section towards the end i want to say it's the last mission or the mission before the last mission stage i guess cha- i guess by mission we mean chapters because you do it is a chapter that you're is it a dungeon so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dungeon it was the last dungeon no uh but there was like a corridor that had a bunch of bullet holes in it and like sunlight was coming through it creating like that you know those god ray effects yeah as you're walking through it and i was like what the fuck this is so badass you know and i think because you don't really do anything and you're just walking through it but it really felt like one of those moments that you would see in modern gaming where it's like, oh, yeah, look at our, like, look at this, this graphical fidelity that you see. Like, look at this coolness, you know? <laughs> it felt like one of those moments. One like, of those moments you would lean against the wall for, like, an arbitrary loading screen and it would have yeah. the God rays going through it. 
Or like, or like, uh, you know, I feel like in Sony's games, like, you know, like God of War, there's always a moment where maybe they walk outside and it's like, and he just goes, "Whoa, all the light. look, at, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like look at look at all this whole, uh, yeah, something like that." But look at our lighting, bro. We light exactly. Up. Yeah, what's that game? It, uh, Order eighteen eighty six. I feel like really was obsessed with how it looked, so it would like do th- frame their characters in specific ways. It'd be like, look how gorgeous this is you know it's <laughs> so just like all right all right i get it you're a good looking game i wow. get it they gave I you millions get. of dollars yeah yeah you know what's something that i thought about in terms of its presentation i never realized that site uh that final fantasy 7 was like a like it's a cyberpunk sort of world yes, it's a very I cyberpunk never, story so never it's gonna be gray it. it's gonna be silver it's gonna be bland but <laughs> it's gonna be Right. That's I like it. I like cyberpunk. I love dystopian futures destroyed by AI and g- corporate companies. I love it. <laughs> you want to live in a future like that cyberpunk. I want to live in a future <laughs> where corporate companies destroy my life daily. <laughs> I have all praises have for presentation. There was nothing that really like the only thing that irked me, but it was so minor that like eh like like I said, like when you customize a gun in the screen, it looks so cool when you customize it. But then when right. you see it in the game, it's not the same as it looks in the menu, which is weird because they have that model. It's right there. Just right, right. give it to me. But they don't. But, like it doesn't look as sharp, you're saying? Or like what? No, it's completely I, different. Is it? Like, for example, okay. I never equipped the the one that's a cross. I think it's power boost, not power booster. Material. That's a, one of those yeah, ones, and the cross was always on my gun, and I'm like, that, I don't have this shit equipped. It what? Like, what the fuck? That was the same thing I was saying, where I was like, what the fuck is this fucking gun grave ass like cross keychain giant thing on my? I, I don't understand. You know? Yeah, I think just every power, like I'm mean, not every power, but every like material that you got, I think they just added it to the guns naturally, even if you didn't equip it, just to be like, yeah, you have it. Because I noticed, like, like, even I had the sniper scope on my, like, revolver, and I never had the sniper scope on it. I was like, what, why is this on here? But Well, I don't, there aren't that many Dirge of Cerberus fans, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Dirge of Cerberus like... has one fan, then I'm not live. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, I don't know how um, it goes. <laughs> so, you actually wrote something interesting, too, about the game being dark. Tell me about that. See, uh, Tell me about- I... I don't know if this was because when I play my games, I normally sit right there and I had it up on this screen right here. But then I also have it up on this screen over here and I'll have it like full screen just to have just so I can like monitor it to make sure de-interlacing. Oh, I see. Right, right. Screen. Because you're recording your gameplay and stuff. Yeah. And I'm looking over. I'm looking at my TV. I'm like, damn, it's dark as fuck. And I look over at my computer. I'm like, wait. I can see on here. And I kept looking back and forth like, what the fuck? And then I turned the brightness all the way up. And then I'm like, ah, shit, it's too bright on the recording. I got to turn it down. It, it, I don't know if this is a me thing. It might be me. might be me on a big TV with the retro tink or yeah, I don't know. So I, that's why I never mentioned it because I was like, maybe it's me. But this game was dark as fuck. Other than his red ass uh... cape, there were some moments where I was like, what, what am I staring at? I'm staring into darkness right now. 
I think I also messed with the light, uh, yeah, the brightness in game, and then I didn't have a problem. But I also was playing on CRT, so I don't know how much that affects all the colors and all this. Yeah, it, it's so funny what you notice and what I don't in games, and vice versa. Like with yeah. the different experiences we have, I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? When did you see that shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move into story since we don't have much else to say about uh, um, presentation. Beautiful game, great, greatly designed in terms of its art direction. I don't have any fucking. Oh, you know what? I, let me add something about the cutscenes because it's going into the story a little bit. <laughs> what? I thought you were going to say what I was about to say. That's what made me laugh. I was going to be like, "You owe me a soda," but that you. You say <laughs> what, what did you think I was gonna say? That you don't give a shit about the story. Like I don't give two <laughs> shits about this story. I guess because I don't uh, understand it. But yeah, continue your point. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, just uh, that some of the cutscenes. I mean, they were well directed. Uh, I there was the one at the end. So we're getting into spoilers now. Obvious. If it wasn't obvious that we were gonna spoil the game. Um, where it's sort of doing like a exposition dump on the background of Lucrezia and Vincent and all this. And it's like just showing words. Like they're just, the words are like flashing on the screen. Yes. And then I know this cutscene. It's like subtitled, I guess, but it's like she's saying the words and it's like her whatever text. And uh, there's so many, I was like, what is this? There's this a lot of so, moments and I was like sitting there like, yeah. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, really very yeah, very like anime like corniness. I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh yeah. And it didn't help that it assumed that you played Final Fantasy 7 and were like a super fan of it. Because yeah. I was playing the game. I was like, who is this? What's going on? Obviously, I assume that Cloud and the gang at the end of Final Fantasy 7 are going to save the day. You know what I mean? Okay. But there's certain characters that I, me, because I've only played the remake and yeah, that's it. The remake. So I don't know the miscellaneous character. I don't want to say miscellaneous like Lucretia or Dr. Hojo, stuff like that. Like, I don't know these characters extensively. I don't know their full character arcs in the mm. base game. Like Kate Sif, I don't know him. All I know about him now is that he's the cat that ran up at the end of Final Fantasy VII <laughs> and was like oh no like i don't know nothing right yeah um that's funny that you say that because if you fucking had just read the the booklet inside the case i did read the booklet and it did it spoiled <laughs> the whole final fantasy 7 and i was like okay that cool i understand the, the backstory but like i already kind of knew that from like minutia of just final fantasy 7 being one of the most popular games of all time like, I just yeah. know a lot of story beats about that game without having to play the game, you know? Yeah, I can't... You know what? Final Fantasy VII, um, story-wise, has some interesting concepts that never really spoke to me. Like, people love the story of Final Fantasy VII. Um, maybe they just like the characters, but there's some ideas and themes and mechanics where I'm just like, I don't really get how this works. And a lot of that, a lot of that carries into Dirge of Cerberus and... Uh, they, I don't know what they're doing. I'm just, what do you like? What is I think going the on? Confusion like, what, for me comes as soon as they start talking about live streams. I start going, yeah, that's what, huh? 
That's exactly what I'm saying. It's like they they assume. Well, for one, they I feel like they think it's more interesting than it is. But you know, like Lucrezia apparently is doing some research, and for whatever reason, she's doing this research, and it's just like not interesting. And then she involves Vincent, and then do you mind a spoiler? Dies. What? Do you mind a spoiler? For what? For this game? For for seven. Because I spoiled myself Googling to be like, why the fuck is Lucretia so important? Oh, yeah, I... No, no, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was about to say, yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I read that and I was like, oh, this is why this makes a lot more... Why there's sights in her, but I mean... Yeah. But, yeah, but even still, it just doesn't carry you enough weight. Yeah. I, I really think that the story... Personally, I think the story was at its strongest when it focused on characters that were newer, like Shalua and her sister. Not her sister by herself, but I do like that Shalua had like this guilt for what happened to her. And like I really like that scene where she like sacrifices herself to let her and Vincent uh be or I think escape Azul. I think he's like after them. There's a scene yes. where, you know, she's holding on to the fucking door or whatever and it yeah. just like shuts on her arm i was like that was so sick great character moment um but also i think it would have been a great chance to pair up vincent because i don't think he's that interesting on his own or at least they just didn't do it right but pair him up with yuffie more consistently like there should have been like a more batman robin sort of like you know someone's she, he's super serious she's super like you know jokey and that's kind of how they set it up at the beginning. That's what you think that the story is going to be like. You're going to be like, oh, Yuffie's going to be my little ninja sidekick person. And I'll probably play one stage with Yuffie or something like. Yeah, it could have been multiple stages. I think that would have been badass. Like, but I don't know why they two went Kate Sif stages. Wait, two? I thought there was only one. Was there one? Or was it two? Yeah, there was two. Wait, wait. One. There was one. I, I'm sorry. I, there was one and <laughs> it was sorry. so bizarre to me that you played as him. And he's like not important at all <laughs> like just i guess up. in this in the grand scheme of the story he kind of finds out like like you know certain things but that could have been yuffie you could have just like there could have been some yuffie stages where you played more stealthily or something that would have been actually a good change of pace maybe but i i, I don't know other than that i just do yeah the game just assumes that you really are into the the lore of final fantasy 7 but and i don't know if you're aware of this but i feel like a lot of this stuff is so loosely tied to final fantasy 7 like it could have really stood on its own like deep ground yeah they like tied it's, them to shinra but they didn't need to be tied you and know, it wasn't Hojo really expanded it. on it was just kind of there it was just like yeah shinra made these people i i guess we remember yeah they're like the remnants and shrimp yeah it's like okay i guess they could have really they could have literally been anybody you know and then yeah the same with hojo wait a minute uh, isn't this the what? exact plot of advent children that shinra just made some niggas and then they just come and just fight the, the the main cast and then <laughs> try to blow up the world and they fight the I main think, cast and then they win isn't that the exact plot of advent children well i think advent children takes place before this game but yeah you're kind of right 
To be honest, I never understood the plot of Advent Children. Me neither. I just know like, three white I don't dudes fucking know what... up and <laughs> white right, yeah, like, I'm like, up and started fighting people. I was like, cool. They're like Sephiroth clones or part of him or something, and it's just like, nigga, what the fuck? Like, Fun fact, one of the know, first bootlegs I've ever gotten in my life What was Advent Children. Was Advent Children. <laughs> there was a Kung Fu I... man in the middle of the mall, and he sell bootleg DVDs and animes of Kung Fu movies. And my dad one day, just right after my parents got divorced, he was like, right, let's buy some fucking Kung Fu Damn. movies. And I was like, all right, let me get this Advent Children and this Naruto movie. Yeah. And I still was like, I don't know what happened, but that fight with Tifa was cool. <laughs> uh, the fight with Tifa is fucking badass. One of Yeah. It's really cool. I remember, especially with the music playing, like doing a piano piece over combat is so, I'm like, that needs to happen more. I'm, I'm sick of this, like rock music these classic like hits playing over like a really cool badass scene give like, me like a classical music like that was badass dude tell me some... that wasn't like the most like the classiest shit and then that's a great piece like just listen to that piece on your own like that's a good piece that. to sample <laughs> like it's so, it's such a powerful piece you're gonna rewatch it right now no 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 <laughs> that's i was like oh, okay i guess i'll wait <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit, oh, alright, I guess we'll just sit here. <laughs> Can we watch it together at least? But in all seriousness, if I hear Shulk open her mouth one more time, I might kill her. Like, I might <laughs> jump into the game on some cool, cool tune shit and, like, strangle her, bro. I hated her voice actress. I probably should have said this in presentation, but it was so brain dead. She talked like this, and Deep Ground yeah. and the Sivius are going to take over the world. I'd be like, Brad, shut up. I hate it when she spoke because she she explained a lot of the, the plot and like what was going on and the, she was a driving force of it and it kind of made it drag along and I honestly didn't expect the amount of cutscenes that we were getting for this stupid cool shoot shoot game for Final Fantasy Seven you didn't ex- or for a Final Fantasy game you didn't expect this many cutscenes to be fair now I know <laughs> every Final Fantasy is just gonna be cutscened up. But at yeah. the time, I didn't know. But now I know. This game made me realize, okay, all of them are going to be like this. Yeah. That, that's a good point. I don't... I think it was frustrating for me story-wise because there are so many cutscenes. And while they look great, I, I'm just like, you guys are saying a lot, but no one's rapping, like, no one's giving me, like, a cl- like clarity on what the fuck is happening. Like, no yes. one's like, oh, okay, like, this is why this is happening. Like, they didn't... I know it's kind of it's bad writing sometimes to have the main base got attacked closet, twice. But like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, why are they doing like it's just like, and maybe because the concepts are too like obscure. Like, the fact that there's like these ancient gods and one it lives within uh, Vince, and you know because of the experiments that Lucrezia did and the the proto materia was like like needed to be extracted from him. I'm like, what? What the fuck is proto materia for? Yeah, exactly. Like, That's what I was like, saying. What, like, I don't I understand like, what. Yeah, like it, I felt like it wanted me, like me not knowing the full depths of the lore of Final Fantasy VII hindered me in my comprehension of the story. And it doesn't help that it would be a ten-minute cutscene fade out into a fifteen-minute cutscene yeah. fade out into a three-minute cutscene <laughs> yeah. fade out into a cutscene just to establish where Vincent is to start the gameplay. Yeah. It's like, oh my yeah. goodness. You would just be sitting there after the mission like, wow, that was a cool mission. Okay, I'm ready for the next one. I was still intrigued to some point, but there was a, I think 
at the midway point, I want to say, where I definitely just checked out. I was like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. This is so that sounds about accurate. Once I got to Sid's airship, that's also where I checked out. Yeah, I think that's about where I was like, "Mm, okay, I'm not, I I have no clue what's going on, but all right. What I did like doing was talking to the individual people and like hearing their, like, their, and it was fully voiced. Like, all their, like, if you go around the airship or, Oh there's, yes, there's, and they have a couple other parts lines too. too. Yeah, they do. And there's there's a I think a, a level or two where you kind of go around and you can like talk to some of the soldiers. But they, I feel like they gave a lot of characterization to like the world, which which is good world building. But yeah, the story itself and and Vincent, I'm really like just you're not that interesting, dude. Like you could be, but they just don't push it far enough. He's ni- he's 90s anime cool. But like he's cloud essentially with his like quiet like brooding like, and yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, I, I don't know, you're kind of too similar to Cloud like I've always equated hero. him to I've always equated him to like a Trigun but early Berserk like how there, there's like a trope in like animes to where like Yuffie will kind of fit that purpose of Yeah. Angered, troubled, deep past demon guy with his yeah. funny little sidekick that follows him while he goes and fights monster of the week. Yeah. And that's kind of how the game treats it, even though it's like a full overarching plot, but it feels that way where it's just like, yeah, it's just Vincent being cool. Vincent not going to know yeah. anything about his past till the end of the show. Dude, I swear he has maybe. Let's see. It's a 12. It's a 12. 14 hour game roughly he has maybe i don't know like 15 pieces of dialogue that's like, being generous he, like he does not talk very much and uh, i mean may i don't know I, i'm just like why so then why center the game around this character what am i supposed to care about because he's exactly? cool he's that's true cool but like dude. give give you feel like he needs someone to bounce off of and every time they put him with someone he doesn't like it's not consistent. Like, there should have been. I mean, sure. Like, you don't want to. La- <laughs> you can Last of Us it <laughs> and just have Yuffie be with you the whole time. <laughs> yeah, you know? I think that's probably where the game would have felt better, as if it was just Vincent and then Yuffie, because it kind of puts them on the backside. Because you have the WFO and then you have the Deep Ground organization. And you have these two warring factions going on. And you even have, like, you see the ground troops on both sides. So it kind of makes you feel like, okay, I'm just a soldier, technically, for real. Right, no pun intended right. on that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you don't really feel like... Even at the, when you get to the end point, I felt like it was rushed. I didn't really feel like, oh, this is some end of the world type shit i need i needed to help out doing this I, it just came and you do, you do that one boss fight against nero and then you're like oh okay we're, we're fighting final boss now okay cool huh, i didn't know i right. i don't know i the pacing of it all was very all over the place i could agree with that and it's not helped by the long cutscenes and being confused and you're like wait what's going on what am i doing now who's what's what is this well i guess all right fine honestly for the longest time even though i had played the game i don't know why i thought you would be able to go so you know how you can transform into his i don't know his fucking 
beast Werewolves? mode, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> he can transform into this thing, right? And that's I think I think he can do that in the original Final Fantasy VII. And uh, in this, I don't know why I thought like you would be able to play more as that like you know Super Saiyan version of that thing. Like yeah, I thought you'd be. I thought you were gonna do that. Like I thought you were gonna like evolve or something, and you you don't until the very end, and it's kind of like too late. You're like, all right, well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to just highlight and really just shout out that that scene where Sh- where Shalua sacrifices herself for Vince and her sister, uh, and it really made me think that I was that Shalua should have been a like a bigger presence, you know in the game because she finally like she gets introduced and you kind of get like she's in a like she's kind of like rude and she has a lot on her mind but she's vocal about it you know uh she's uh you know headstrong but steadfast and then she just fucking <laughs> sacrifices herself maybe like the next chapter and i was like it's wait what like on mission four out of 10 or 12 yeah like it's like, like okay that was fa- yeah and there's not many other characters to really like latch onto. There's not like that might be the problem is that there's just not characters to really latch onto. While Vince looks cool, he's hard. It's hard to him. root for him. Yeah, I, you're not really like rooting for him. I don't even know what he's. I don't even know his like, deal. It, like, are you sad or are, are you, you sick? Are you hurt? Like, what's yeah? Are you sick? What's up with your arm? Like. Yeah, like I don't. Are you funny? Why are you quiet all the time? What? What's going on in your head? Like, give us... Like, he's constantly brooding in that cave, right? With, like, the frozen Lucrezia. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? where are you? What is this? Why do you hang out here? What does it all mean? Yeah, like, are you confused about what happened to you? Are you... Like, what is... What's your deal? You know, I and mean, we never really fully get on, like, what... I don't know. I, I did, like, younger version of him. You know, because... Yeah, that was pretty cool. Like, you definitely just get a better sense of, like, his eagerness. And, uh, you know, he's still wet behind the ears. And he's just trying. I think he's, like, a bodyguard or something, right? Or something. I can't remember. I think he was with the Turks. <clears throat> right, right. Okay, yeah, he's with the Turks, yeah. Um. So, I don't know. Seeing Maybe seeing, like, like maybe half the game should have been him as a Turk. And you kind of, like, learning... That, like, and then the other half of should him have been just him being, as yeah with Shalua yeah yeah because even the like tutorial kind of sets it up where you're playing yeah. as Turk Vincent I was like oh okay we're gonna do this okay yeah I'm okay with this and that's it it was just for a tutorial <laughs> yeah no I don't think we needed like a whole grand end of the world a second or third end of the world Fourth. story for Final Fantasy 7 it's like nah that's okay just give me something more personal and they could have but yeah they didn't (laughs) but we did did you like yuffie's acting though fuck it reminded it reminded me of the hey guys (laughs) it was literally that it was literally that (laughs) it was one on the airship i had to talk to her because i didn't know what the fuck to do so i talked to her like five times and she's yeah every time throwing up and she's like oh man back at one time my dad's a real good fighter and i'm like okay but you're you're throwing up like are you good like what's going on yeah. i loved her though i loved her she was she was charming to me but yeah very much that anime like 
Like, yeah. She was so goofy. It's like, like, what's that one? There's a scene that was so, in and of itself, it wasn't a bad scene, but because everything else was so serious and it had been so serious for so long. She was like standing on. It's towards the end, and I think. Oh yeah, where like you just went through that gauntlet of of bullshit and fighting, and people you kill people like actual bosses, and then she just pops up like, "Hi, I'm Yuffie. I'm here to save the day." And you're like, "All right." And then she she slips. She falls (laughs) like a fucking. There might as well have been like a banana peel sound. I think there was a banana peel sound, like a whoop. I was like, (laughs) "Yeah," I was like, "Oh my god, this." In and of itself, it's not bad. Like, but because it's just a tonal shift. Yeah, they needed to have her more. So that way, you, I don't know. It was just like weird for me. I was like, "That's so." But that's so anime. I remember I was trying to get one of my friends into Full Metal Alchemist, and it's. I mean, Full Metal Alchemist is serious, right? But anime has this thing where they fucking just throw in weird, short jokes to undercut shit, like. Yeah, one of my biggest Almost. pet peeves with anime is when they have the arguing, the yelling, arguing matches real quick to like establish that like, oh, they're rivals, so they argue a lot, mm, or they have a love yeah. interest, so they argue a lot. Like that shit yeah. blows me. I'm like, bro, like, <laughs> people don't do that in real life. Like, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that in in anime, and I remember my friend like after I I told him he would watch like the first ten episodes and. He, he was like, yeah, me and my girl couldn't do it. Like, She didn't like that they would be, like, talking, and then it'd get, like, it would switch to a different art style almost, and then do, like, a joke, and then oh, switch yeah. back. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty anime. Like, it's not unique to yeah. that show, but if you don't like that, you're not going to like anything else. <laughs> Even Teen Titans that. does that, because I have been rewatching Teen Titans. Yeah. Even Teen Titans does that. It'll switch up the whole art style to chibi or, like, yeah. super serious sometimes. It, it all depends on the situation. But it works. But it's yeah, it works in Teen Titans. It's definitely more consistent. I think uh, <laughs> it's it's just different in anime. But anyways, uh, what do you think about the gameplay? Elite. Oh, actually, hold on, hold on. Let's go back to story real quick. Hold on. What did you think about? And you probably didn't think about it because you just <laughs> didn't care. Because neither did I. What do you think about Hojo being obscured? in darkness in the cutscenes for so long and then he's revealed at the end as if like it's supposed to blow your mind do you bro like i called that shit at the very beginning i was like oh that's whole joe he's not dead he's going to be here and he's going to be the final antagonist or some shit because i was like why would they showcase hojo at the beginning and who the fuck is weiss and even then when they showed him i was like (laughs) yeah yeah they definitely i don't know if they were like Oh, it's going to be a surprise. But there were so many cutscenes where it's clearly him. He's like shrouded in darkness. Like supposed to be a mist. Like he sounds like the character. Why <laughs> You've been showing why flashbacks guys... of him being an asshole to Vincent and Lucretio. Why would he yeah. not be the final antagonist? Super, super weird. I don't know. Oh, but anyways. Yeah, let's, let's go on to gameplay. Just wanted to add that. Elite. Peak. Raw. Shut the fuck up. You're not serious right now. I'm being dead ass. Are you? Shut the fuck up. The gameplay is fire, bro. I fuck with it. Once I. Okay. I had to buy some new controllers. So I got me some new knockoffs. You feel me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
And once I got some new controllers, when I first started playing, when we first started this, I, that's when I learned. I was like, I think there's something wrong with my controllers. And this dates all the way back to, like, Musashi. So I might have to replay Musashi to mm-hmm. see if, like, because the lava level of Musashi, I remember having a very difficult time with that. And I think it was because of my controller. My controller was all fucked up. Mm-hmm. Got new controllers. This game opened up to me like a can of, like, like a fresh pair of legs. It was so beautiful. <laughs> Is like <laughs> that's a weird ass analogy. <laughs> <laughs> like a open up to you like a fresh pair of legs, crab legs. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking upgrading the guns was fun as hell. Shooting the things with the lock on was fun as hell. Doing the little jump, Superman. I mean, not Superman. Batman glide was fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Even melee wasn't fun, but everything was. Was fun. I like the arcadiness. I like the like. I like games that know they're a game, even if they the story doesn't try serious. to treat. Yeah, like having the little pickups on the ground and shit like that. Like it, that's cool. I rock with right. it. Every right, and especially because once I started playing the game on EX Hard Mode, which is essentially New Game Plus, mm-hmm. that's when the game really opened up a lot more to me. Where I was like, oh. Because there's a lot more enemies. They hit harder. I have to actually dodge. I was like, wow, this is actually a very competent shooting game. This is this is interesting. Mm-hmm. You didn't like it? <laughs> oh, I thought, no, I thought you had more to say. <laughs> no, no. I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> you were um, looking at me like... I'm surprised it. how much you liked it. Uh, I, do, I do like it... Uh, for the same reasons you do, uh, but I just don't think overall it's great. I think it shows a lot of uh, cracks, especially when there's m- too many enemies. And um, when it becomes, like, untactical and you're just, like, strafing, uh, like, and Vincent looks terrible while strafing, too. Yeah. Like, the tracking on his body. His like, his legs are weird moving. how he does, like, this slide. Yeah, the dodge doesn't feel like it's effective at all, and it makes it feel a little bit clunky at times. I think that reticle being as giant as it is is so ugly, so it makes everything feels a little imprecise. But it's it's I guess good enough, and it is very arcadey in that sense. Like like you're saying, I do like the result screen. I think that was like a really fun just ode to old video games, especially like. It's very PS2 to have, like, a result screen and a grading system. And yeah. it's just like, oh, yeah, I got an A or I got an S or whatever on this and that. Even the submissions uh, are very video gamey where it's like, save five civilians. Help right. out. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, 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 I, I felt like that part was, I guess that was a highlight is what I would say. But, I, yeah, it definitely gets a little... I feel like it doesn't get good until the last maybe third of the game where your guns are more unique and you have more options and they're also starting to get more powerful. So you kind of notice a difference between them because for a little bit, you don't really notice that they don't feel too different except maybe the rate of fire. Like you have one that shoots fast, one that shoots slower. Like you don't really notice that much of a difference, but it would be interesting with you on that one. You don't notice, or like you notice the difference from the beginning? Yes. But to be fair, I had fun kind of breaking this game. I immediately was, every time at the end of the levels, 
this is also a really cool mechanic that they had at the end of levels. You could you got after you got graded, they would give you gil yeah. or they would give you exp, and then you can exchange that exp and convert it into more money to use yeah. to upgrade your guns. And I just did that, and I maxed out the pistol on like mission three or four. Oh, so, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. that's that's sort of what I'm saying. Where I think maybe most players in the third act might have most of their guns more maxed out. I didn't max out anything until that third act, or yeah, right, uh, oh, which yeah. would be like chapter eight, roughly. I would say because that'd be like the there's twelve. But for you, if you put if you funneled all your money into one thing and got that maxed out and like felt like the power and like the difference. Then yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, I don't know. Like it, it's like it's not bad. It's not a bad system. It was fun experimenting. I it makes you want to play the game multiple times because I could see the potential for the very different powerful weapons uh, that you would have. And um, like you were describing, you can choose whether you have EXP or Gill at the end of the level. You can exchange essentially all the experience that you earned. For Gil, um, which that's kind of a cool choice. I really did like that. Like, I love and it. you can get a lot. You can get a lot of money, and I don't understand. Like, if your level felt after you got to like level fifteen, I feel like you didn't really need to get any higher than that to beat. I never game, really felt the difference with like level. That, even in EX hard, I, I've done the same thing. I've just put it all oh, straight really? to Gil. I haven't put it in the EXP, and it feels the same to me. Right, I'm still wow, killing shit sense. in one hit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, but it was, I don't know, I, yeah, there's something about it. I was like, this this is almost there for me, but just not quite. It was a camera for you, wasn't it? Like, trying to transition from, because it controlled when you aren't aiming, control like a normal third Right, like a character. Game. Right. Yeah. Right. And then as soon as yeah. you aim, it kind of locks everything, and then the aim, the yeah. camera gets very stiff. I can yeah. understand how you could, especially because there's a lot of times I even forget to turn off I've learned, like, towards the end and even playing in EX hard mode, like, oh, I'm supposed to turn off the aiming when I'm not aiming. Right, yeah. Press circle to, like, kind of holster your weapon, which I, yeah. I like that aspect a lot. But I think it works well as a kind of arcade shooter, and it, I think it plays that up to some, to some extent. Uh, but one thing I was sort of thinking about is that it never actually makes you feel like Vince in the cutscenes. Like Vince is doing all these cool dodges, all these cool like trick shots, blowing and you never up rockets and two hits. Yeah, you could. I mean, Devil May Cry existed at this time. You could have easily pulled some of those stylistic jumps and moves because everything, like the minute he pulled out his gun, it felt like you were just playing as a tank. With, like, I mean, even his jumping was slow, and I mean, you could shoot in the air and like lock. I don't know. It was just kind of you didn't feel like Vince, right? Oh, feel you. There's a there's a big stiffness that he has compared to how yeah. he is, moves. He's very agile, and they try to appease that. That's why I feel like the dodge was awkward because they tried to appease to that like he's yeah. swift, but he doesn't feel swift. Nah, he doesn't there's feel not swift a back at all. Roll that you can do, you can't do a back dive and shoot or a front dive. Or yeah, like that. You just you can't like. There's like a backwards animation, um, a backwards jump animation where he's kind of like upside down. But I'm like, you can't really shoot like that. Yeah. You can't really do anything cool. And in the cuts, this is actually funny because for a while I remember thinking 
uh, a lot in video games that you would see cool shit in cutscenes, and then you would go to be the character in the game, and then you just couldn't do any of that cool stuff. It was always clunky. And it wasn't until like the maybe PS4 era where it's like, you like, okay, so all the stuff that Cloud can do in Advent Children, it's like you are doing actively in Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's true. Yeah. Like you're doing, and it's all like in game cutscenes, and like you are, are part of the action. But like for a while, all the cool shit the characters would do was not in the actual gameplay until maybe, I don't know, I feel like Arkham Asylum or. Until like the PS3 God generation, God of War, I think after yeah, two, God of, yeah, I think that's what really set it off for everybody to be like, okay, <laughs> even if we can't let the player do it, let's just make them press square, right? With the cutscene, yeah, yeah, the quick time events, QTEs, um, yeah. So I think this game suffers from that, where it's like you're such a cool character, and maybe it would have elevated the game more to be able to move. Like, I mean, just think of Arkham Asylum, right? Again, an unfair comparison because this is on a more powerful, you know, um, on a more powerful console. But you feel like Batman. As heavy and slow as Batman is and he's moving around, like, you feel like the Dark Knight. In this, it's just... And, I mean, if you think about... If you you grayed out Vincent and took away his design and put him back to, like, the great man, and change the design, you wouldn't feel any difference. Yeah, if you gave him like a military uniform, you you wouldn't even blink an eye as to who this was. You'd be like, yeah, that's yeah. that's those are the movements of a fucking slow, awkward, main like military man. Except for maybe the jumps because they're more stylistic looking. Yeah, but, um, there is a, yeah. one interesting design um, thing that I learned during development that initially when they first were coming up with the concept of this game, that Barrett was in the running to be the person and it's made me think a lot about like why he's always just walking around like this all the time yeah it's like that yeah. it, it properly fits barrett like if you just swap the skin to barrett it will probably it, minus the jump <laughs> yeah because barrett's a big guy <laughs> yeah you would probably have the exact same game yeah that's i think that's uh what's funny is that when he did de- when he has his gun holstered he moves like perfectly fine like it feels a lot better when he has his gun holstered because his feet are moving, you know, at a decent pace. But the minute that you are strafing and like, you see like it breaks the speed of his uh, strut and the speed at which you're moving the camera. And it just, I'm like, this looks so awkward. Like I don't, this yeah. is just not, it's not it. And I was watching someone play it. And I'm just like, yeah, it looks even worse the way other people were playing it. Because some people would not take his gun down. It would just run around oh, with the just, reticle. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh. That if you're going to do that, so you might as well just zoom in and play it in first person at that point. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, at that point, just play it in like fucking weird ass first person. Mode. <laughs> Honestly, they should have a, a gun. They should have had like a gun uh, attachment to go with it. Because you could play with mouse and keyboard, but. They yeah. should have like a get your fucking dirge of, of get your of, dirge uh, of your dirge gun, gun controller <laughs> gun con you know that'd be sick <laughs> it would have yeah yeah that's that's another thing I like the way that it kind of felt like a light gun game yeah it you, does you just go through your each arena you shoot up the guys get your little power ups oh there's a shot some material over here and then mm-hmm. shoot some stuff up and. I like that the game wasn't difficult. 
I like that you could just really yeah. just shoot your way through every book. Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> gonna but sneak like, your way through. Yeah, I like the way that you could just turn your brain off and just like a muso. Just I'm just pressing the button. Gotta mention shooting. it every episode. I'm just gotta, Yeah. But unlike a muso, <laughs> the melee in this game is ass. I hated the melee in this game. And towards the end, there's a specific enemy type that can only be damaged by melee. And it slows down the game to like a snail's pace because one, trying to figure out, oh, I have to melee them. And then having Mm -hmm. to go over and melee them. And they're very annoying. They hit you back. They stun you. It's gross. I hate it. What enemy was that? I kind of remember. Like towards the end, like it was a couple of the military dudes. And they had like these like. Ref- they, I think they were casting reflect. I want to say on themselves. So if you shot them, they would mm. reflect the bullets back. So you had to mm. run up and punch them in order to get past their shields. Like that was the only way to kill them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The melee was definitely uh, disincentivized. <laughs> it's like every time you use it, you're just like, oh yeah, I do not want to use. <laughs> I almost said devil trigger. I would have been like, even when you use your devil trigger, <laughs> <laughs> even when you use your limit breaker, uh, it still feels gross as shit. Like the, cause it makes you have to use like melee when you're in your limit break form. I mean, you have like a little fireball that you can throw, but you're fast, you're swift. And it's, it still doesn't feel good because you're still using the normal shooting camera. You're not okay. like so. It, it's it doesn't feel good. You can't yeah. zip around like a devil may cry in trickster form. You got to <laughs> to run up to somebody shooting at you and yeah. hit them. Honestly, this would have benefited from just being a devil may cry clone. I think it makes Maybe. sense for Vince. I mean, he yeah. sure he doesn't have like a sword, but he has like the gauntlet hand. I don't, like yeah, he can claw them yeah. and like kick them and stuff. You know, you know what this game really. Okay, so think of Vanquish, right? I feel like this game... Could, just Okay, just think of Vanquish, but put this skin... Put the put the Dirge of Cerberus skin it wouldn't work. on it. It wouldn't work. Why? It wouldn't work. It's too fast-paced. It wouldn't work. This could... No, this, you don't think this could be fast-paced? No, I don't think, just think of it re, Just think of it rebuilt. Shorter, slightly shorter game. Uh, different areas. No. Really? I thought I thought about this a lot with this because I know, <laughs> because I know that they're going to remake Dirge as the DLC after they make the final part. They're going to make a final part, then they're going to make an Advent Children DLC. I don't. You're and then they're going to make a Dirge of Cyberus so. DLC. Where are I, you getting these ideas? I don't know, man. <laughs> if I'm big brain Square Enix, that's what I'm doing. I'm dropping two DLCs. What? Y'all got to get them. And then you what, repackage advent, the whole game into a triple package collector's edition. An advent children DLC. What do you mean? Like just re Yeah, like, you just how, you just retell the story of Advent Children, except all the all the fights are actual fights. And you use the <laughs> you use the characters. And then Dirge of Sybaris, they'll just remake it with modern sensibilities. And they'll Yeah, because make- I mean uh Barrett is like I like the way Barrett plays in Final Fantasy VII Remake, so I I, I could see like a, a Sid character, you know, shooting in the way that he does and all that. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know. My, I that have is big, big brain moves. I, I was thinking about it. I was like, wait, this is the epilogue of Final Fantasy VII. They could, they could do this. They could do it. Yeah. Well, I think they're doing something with with the timeline too in Final Fantasy VII Remake. They're sort of like they're integrating a lot of other things. Like Zach is a lot. No like pun they're intended. doing like <laughs> kind of integrate. They yeah, they're doing a lot of interesting things with the timeline. So it's not unlikely, but. Maybe. And it's, it makes all the more reason why they would have a dirge because after all the timeline shenanigans, some other shit happens after they try to fix all the timeline shenanigans. Yeah, and Vincent mm. Valentine has to save the day. Maybe. Hear me out. Listen, we're gonna timestamp it right now. If if in if in three years we come back to this shit and I have to scream on here like I told y'all, go okay. back. To but dirge. okay, here's here's what we're like where we diverge. I would say that. <laughs> I don't know that there'll be DLC. That's where I'm like, I don't know if it's going to be DLC. I feel like, if anything, it would just oh, be a part a of the third. Oh, yeah. Game. As, a, as a, oh, you're so, so you're saying like the second game, like the third game would just end like the quarter of the way of what the original game is. Or something. Yeah. Something then, like that. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Because no, maybe. Because then maybe they force you to likely. play Dirge. That's smart. Uh, yeah. That's smart. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> You're cooking. <laughs> what I did like, or I'm sorry, what I didn't like was that there wasn't a success or like confirmation screen that let you, that let you know when you completed an objective during the mission. Yes. So like there were so many times when like, like it would show you like, oh, this is the mission. Like it would pop up, you know, in game. And then I didn't know if I completed it until the mission ended. And I was like, fuck, well, then I would have just went back to where like if I knew the status of the mission, you know, like finding like. You know, like saving these people, or doing oh yes, XY, like or like there was like, multiple things, or they'll say like you got eleven out of twelve save. Right. You didn't talk to all the people in this one level, and you're like, who the fuck was the one person I missed? I wish you told me. Right. When... I mean, yeah. granted, I guess the levels are kind of short, so maybe they were like, well, and they're pretty small matter. too. So, and yeah, they're re- most replayable is pretty quick. Yeah. So yeah, maybe it's a non-issue entirely, but I would have liked. I don't know, just like, because they have so many options. You, I mean, you press pause, or you press triangle, and then you have all those options. So yeah. I'm just like... You even got a status screen, the inventory yeah, screen? So I'm like, like, yeah, so I'm like, I don't use those. <laughs> no, I never used this inventory screen once. So I'm I like, just clicked it just to be like, oh shit, it is an inventory screen. <laughs> I just want to be sure that it wasn't, you guys weren't pulling my leg, and it was just going <laughs> to like go into nothing after I clicked it. Um, but no, like, yeah, like a mission, mission objective screen, and then just show me like, okay... These are the three things that you have for this level, and this is what you have so far. Kind of like, did you or ever the find map. the Mako vials? Oh, yeah, the map, yeah. But did, Mako did vials? you ever find, yeah, like they were hidden around the map? Did you find any of them? Oh yes, 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 yes. Little yes. I, I didn't tubes. know what the fuck those things were. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I just shot them. I shot up a, a couple yeah. of them and was like, okay, what is it? Is it a secret? Do I unlock a mission? Do I unlock some concept art? Like, what is this? I didn't. Oh, by the way, I didn't unlock any gallery me neither like, shit i, and I was like, like i wanted to the s- extra missions and i still didn't unlock anything on there i was I, so, I was so confused and frustrated because i really did want to see like the character models up close and Same. yeah i think you had to do all of the fucking side missions or something i don't know the challenges 
That's what, see, but, I did like half of them, and I didn't unlock anything at all. I didn't even bother looking it up because it was already too late. I was like, eh, I'm not going to come back to this. Look, that's what I'm doing right now, and it's yeah. Me, what do you have to do? You have to shoot the little containers, all those little I, containers. I have. Oh wait, do you have to like get them for each? Lo- wait, yeah. that doesn't make sense because okay. there's been a couple times where I got all of them in one like level. There's green capsules, red capsules, white capsules. What? Yellow capsules. Oh wait. This fuck? must be this must be in the challenge missions. Oh yes, in the individual okay. extra missions. Yeah, yeah, they're all in extra missions. I wonder why I didn't see them cuz I uh, I was just they they were just fun to play. I didn't <laughs> didn't really. Yeah, it'd be nice if you if they would let you take your like your Gun Load modifications, out. yeah, into yeah, because they just like nah, you just use this. It's like what? Oh fuck! Yeah, this All is right. the one I want. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, like I might have like this. That's like a main pillar of the game is a gun mod. Uh, just yeah, the gun modding and the fact that they're like, no, you're just gonna take on the challenge missions with what you know, limited fucking guns we're gonna give you. So that's kind of. I did like that for certain missions, but it was a lot of the times I was kind of like, I, I just want to play extra missions just to keep fucking around with the build that I have. I, I like this. Right. I want to keep building this up. I want to buy some new mods and stuff. But what, um, what did you think about the magic? The materia? I only used it very sparingly. I only used it if I walked in a room and like eight dudes was in the room. I would be like, oh, lighting. Ah. Yeah. And yeah. That's it. I never really used it. I felt it was Blizzard something... was as fire was as lightning was the only one that was like Blizzard was terrible. I'm like, who the fuck like, would, who would use, use this? this? It doesn't make any the, sense. Uh, material booster. Yes. Did you uh, For, upgrade it all the way and stuff? No, no, I didn't. Yeah, it still it has no effect. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel like the like the material could have really played like an integral part. <laughs> God, the sound. This is just me sort of like wishing this game was something else sometimes. It could but, have been um, more. It could have been there it could have, have been a cure materia. There could have been a gravity materia. There could have been It could have I, I feel like that it could have affected your um your ammo, like your ammunition. Like yeah, yeah, if yeah, I yeah. equip this materia, my bullets are all going to be ice bullets, and those are good against this enemy. And that could have added like I lo- we're always talking about, or I feel like I'm always talking about like elemental weaknesses and strengths. Because but I feel like that would have it works it's cool. in everything. Yeah, it's cool. It works in you every know? single thing. If you don't have elemental weaknesses, then what are we doing this for? Don't are you even an RPG? Yeah. Don't are you no even fire. an RPG? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like that would have been sick if you had fire bullets uh, or fucking electric bullets or whatever. I'm not gonna lie. When I first picked up material, I thought that's what it was gonna be. I was like, okay. I was like on some Operation Raccoon City shit. Like, all right, just activate fire bullets. <laughs> then it's like, no, 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 no. You're gonna shoot a spell, no, no, bro. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, like this this blizzard attack. It's gonna be super slow. Like, it's it's gonna it's hold awesome. in, but it's, it's you're gonna, gonna be love slow it. as fuck. Yeah, the enemy's gonna move out of the way. <laughs> it's also not gonna freeze them. So just <laughs> just so you know, zero damage whatsoever. <laughs> it's yeah, it's doesn't really do much, but keep it. Here's a material booster. I just have to say that it was, I was telling Elise this, my girlfriend, just that it was so nice going back to this game. It felt like playing a piece of my childhood or teen years, I guess, because I was like 13, 14, but 
I can agree it with was, you on that. It was very, very nostalgic. And I think about some other games. I'm like, damn, we don't really have much left for me to play to get that feeling out of. Now it's just going to be a bunch of games I've seen but never actually played. But this this was a special one. And, you know, I sort of lament playing all, all, all of, uh, almost all of my special games in one season. <laughs> Do you feel you know? vindicated? Knowing that you played a game and it, as a kid and you played it now as an adult and it's just as good. Yeah, as... I definitely think it's. I think it's a little bit better just because I understand it more. I mean, it's not like the greatest game or anything, but it was just guilty pleasure. Yeah, very, very, very guilty pleasure for sure. I feel like maybe as time goes on, what's going to happen too is that we're going to look back on like, damn, remember when we played fucking. I don't, state of emergency and we fucking clowned on it and like now that's a nostalgic game or like yeah, we're gonna be lord like, of the rings or something <laughs> fuck no <laughs> yeah <laughs> i might go back to state of emergency but lord of the rings now you're pushing it <laughs> yeah yeah i think the only one we got left is what dark cloud 2 yeah i'm yeah in terms of like games from our childhood that are like super nostalgic for i would say we have i don't dark cloud 2 wasn't one of mine but Damn, never mind. Oh, X X Men Legends. When we whenever Legends. we get to that. Yeah, we did say that. All right, well, uh, let's wrap this up. Um, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for joining us today on another episode of Rack of the Back. HPMP. <laughs> rack of the Back. Hat of the Rack. Hat of the Rack. Uh, crack Attack. Look, but, I'm such no, a poser. Yeah, Oh my, don't let fucking Goated see you play. He's trying to get us to play Mario 64. Anyways, uh, thanks guys for watching again. Uh, make sure you comment, like, and subscribe. Let us know if you've played fucking Dirge of Cerberus. 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 Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> Sherberts. Uh, yeah. So yeah, just let us know. Uh, leave your comments. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We have a back of the rack twitter now that's somewhat new you can follow us on instagram and tiktok uh but you'll pretty much be seeing the same content on those three channels hey look, but still follow us join the discord you want to talk with us you want to talk about video games join the discord you want to play these games with us you want to know we're playing next parasite e come join us come play with us yeah. come talk with us come chat come link us some random shit about the games yeah and also uh don't forget that we do have a more conversational not that this wasn't conversational but uh strictly unrestricted conversation um about just other games life uh, movies media stuff um that one's called status check um so by the time this comes out we'll probably be on our second or third episode so check us out there if you want something that's not just about a one, like one specific game like this like a sort of you know deep dive or anything like that but yeah Join us on Discord and share this video with any other people that you know might like uh, back of that games as we talk. The DJ of Sabresis. All right, guys, you have a good one. To the loose.